Welcome to episode 40 of the Saturday Morning Gaming Show. It's the retro podcast where we choose one game an episode and share our experiences from the title screen to the credits. This episode is sure to be solid as we snake our way through metal corridors and gear up to face 10 big bosses in Metal Gear for the NES. Welcome to the Saturday Morning Gaming Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome. It is March 5th, 2022, and I am your co-host, The Fat Wizard, joined today by... Alamaxia. And Shaney's Games. Today, we're taking a look at Metal Gear on the NES. This was released in North America June 17th, 1988. It's also worth calling out that I think the original release of this was on the NES. MSX and then got ported over to the NES. Uh, I've never played the MSX version, but we are doing NES today. And before we get started with my lovely uh, partners here, uh, I'm going to make an assertion and just let me know if you disagree so I know to mute you early on in the stream here or the uh, the recording is I, I think this is probably like a, a solid top 20 games of all time. Uh, Shane, we'll start with you. Like, honestly, I was really blown away by just the ambition of this game. Like, I kept thinking the audacity for them to do an NES game <laughs> with just this giant kitchen sink of mechanics. I, <laughs> absolutely blown away. I don't know if it would go on my top 20, but it's it's good. It's really good. All right, Alamaxia. It was uh, entirely what I didn't expect, much like with a lot of the other games we play. Um, the first seven rooms in this game were arguably the hardest for me. Are you talking uh, about in the jungle when you when you just get yeah when you just pin? just get started because you you're walking okay. through and you have no weapons and you gotta you know yeah, punch, punch your way through things. Um, but I didn't expect the game to be basically menu simulator. <laughs> it's. <laughs> Especially as you're trying to go up and down indoors and you get like nine key cards. But, you know, if you remember Metal Gear Solid, kind of had some of that same stuff, right? You had to swap. Wait. Did, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to swap. You had to like swap the cards that you would have to, to, to go in. Mm -hmm. So, But you didn't but, have to test eight of them to open a door. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. So uh, you you said that the first seven screens were were difficult. Let's actually, Alamaxi, why don't you walk me through like you know the start of the game here and what was making these first seven screens difficult for you? Yeah. So Snake is dropped in uh, from the helicopter or, or plane, and they parachute down, and he's all alone in the jungle. He move over a screen, and there's a guard uh, standing there. He's you know a really great guard. He's always you know doing his job and he starts getting sleepy and he feel yeah. and he feel asleep. <laughs> That's one so, of the classic, <laughs> classic lines in Metal Gear. I so feel you, asleep. <laughs> so you just uh, you continue on. You find a truck that uh, another one's guarding. You can go in the truck, and I think that had uh, the binoculars in binoculars. it. Binoculars, kind of cool. Binoculars are pretty cool. Um, yeah, you can see a screen up. Oh, I guess you could see any of the four cardinal directions around you. But what's really weird is it actually, it, when you exit the binocular mode, things on the screen that you started on, like, respawn. So if you're next to a guard and you kill that guard and then 
turn on binoculars and look around when you take off the binoculars the guard will be back and start shooting you or whatever so that's kind of weird i don't know if you, yeah. you guys ran into mm-hmm. that there were definitely some menu manipulation uh tricks that you oh can yeah do. yeah yeah uh, but we do head a little bit south there, and there's a bunch of trucks, and one of the trucks has card number one. It's the first of eight cards, key cards you pick mm-hmm. up. And uh, you jump into one of the other trucks there, and another classic line is, uh-oh, the truck have started to move. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Really went all out of the translation this. on this one. <laughs> exactly there so now shane you're familiar with the metal gear series correct but you just haven't played this one correct i'd played metal gear solid one and two and uh obviously okay. i'm familiar with uh, what kojima has done but this is the first time i'd actually sat down with this one yeah i mean it's kind of weird like in some ways you can see the trappings of kojima like like alamaxia pointed out all the different items and the, the fun ways to manipulate the game um but it doesn't have kojima's like wordy dialogue right he didn't get the opportunity to have big cutscenes and stuff like this you start out the game with a little tiny uh parachuting cutscene, but then you you're off into gameplay so uh i don't know did how did how did this game stack up against your your notions of what a kojima game was shane uh, well, you know, it, it should be said that even though it didn't have the, you know, like 10 minute cutscenes that a lot of people have come to associate with Kojima, I would say this is probably more wordy than a lot of NES games. What with all the uh, true. conversations you have over the radio. Yeah. Um, if you exclude JRPGs, right? But yeah, right, totally. Right. Um, I think one thing that came to mind for me is a, a lot of people have said before that the 8 and 16 bit eras are uh, eras of historical gaming that are designed, uh, defined by the. Uh, restrictions that were placed on developers yeah. for how much they could actually accomplish. And, like, I f- maybe this is just me looking backwards, but I felt the whole time I was playing this, knowing about Metal Gear Solid, I felt like this was Kojima just trying to do all of these big ideas, and there was only so much you could do in an 8-bit top-down mm-hmm. environment. Yeah. Uh, well, that's why this was a stealth game, was because they couldn't have that many enemies on the screen. Is that why it was? So, uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so it's really cool is is they wanted to make it so you didn't have a lot of enemies and you kind of had just a couple you were sneaking around there. So hmm. uh, it's cool that you you actually caught on to that. And that's, that's something that's uh, is widely been reported on through interviews and whatnot of, of Kojima. There. That's genius. I love that. Yeah. Well, uh, we did get into building number one and there's there's four, I guess like five main maps. There's the jungle, which is pretty short. We, we exited there. And then you get into building number one. And this is when you get in there, there's a bunch of Jeeps that are all uh, stationed there. And you have like this green tile, the floor that you're walking on there. And there's a couple guards that are patrolling. If you head up to the north, you can find yourself a gas mask. That's pretty cool. And and we actually just walked into a room with a gas, uh, a gas-filled room. You have like these little clouds of gas going off there. <laughs> your guy like blinks purple. Um, then you had to get your gas mask, but uh alamaxio what happens when you try to get to a locked door uh, well and you, have- you can only have one thing equipped at a time and yeah. that includes key cards um gas mask etc so you have to take off your mask to pull out a card and swipe <laughs> it in front of the door and yeah. well the, there's one thing i learned in this game is that there's nothing you can't overcome with enough rations Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that definitely here a little bit later in one of the other buildings. 
Um, but I like the idea, and I guess I can kind of uh, justify it by like the gas mask is like really dirty and it's foggy, and you can't see what key card you've got. So you got to take off the the mask and look at the key card and be like, oh, okay, I got key card one here. So you know, play along, guys. It's you know, it's it's okay. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we just passed uh, another room with this rolling pin. Um, it's this big, like, uh, it literally is a big, like, steel drum that's rolling back and forth, trying to squash someone. Shane, quick, invent a reason why that makes sense in this world. <laughs> well, you know, it's a it's a big military base. They're going to have oil drums around for storing their uh, fuel and stuff. And, uh, yeah. you know, eventually you get a bunch of empties. You don't know what to do with them. You've got a bunch of guards that are getting bored in their spare time. One <laughs> yeah. thing leads to another. <laughs> yeah, I love it. That's perfect. <laughs> And um okay so uh after that you you go a little bit to the east and you pick yourself up a uh a key card number 2 and then you head north there and the the um the floor has is electrified and again Alamaxi, we just played Metal Gear Solid last month like how or not last month last year how surprised were you to see this Nikita missile with the electrified floor here. Oh my gosh, I was blown away. I I was just thinking, <laughs> this is like I, I felt like I was playing Metal Gear Solid just in two D. Yeah. I saw so yeah. many of the same uh, things that, that were you know kind of tricks or things to overcome in Metal Gear Solid yeah. that were like the same exact thing in this, or rather, and this, this inspired that. It's, so yeah, and, and so in so many ways, you can see like how if you were a fan of Metal Gear, how moving all this stuff to 3D would have been just like a mind blown uh, situation there. So, yeah, I think it was really cool. And um, so, yeah, you you, uh, you control the Nikita missile to blow up a panel, which de-electrifies the, uh, the floor. Again, there's not a lot of situations where you use that. I think there's like two or three areas in the game where you use that uh, or when they use electrified floors at all so it's you know not very uh, often there and but then the we Nikita get contacted by handy for almost any other application mm -hmm. that's true yeah 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 and we got contacted by diane did anyone see that mm -hmm. i think i think we got contacted by diane but we have this transceiver uh shane do you want to walk us through like what this transceiver is that we keep using so, uh, first of all, it works a lot like the codec in the Metal Gear Solid series, and that uh, sometimes you'll walk into a situation and you'll hear that very familiar beeping noise. You'll have to go over there and you'll be getting contacted often by uh, Big Boss, your contact for the mission. Yeah. Uh, and then throughout yeah. the game, you meet a couple other characters like Diane. Um, mm. And just like in Metal Gear Solid, again, you'll have to remember certain frequencies, and sometimes you'll have to manually use the transceiver to contact people to uh, get uh, clues to move on, or sometimes trigger things that allow you to progress. Yeah, and sometimes they uh, contacts that were on one frequency request that you move to another frequency. That's that's kind of cool. The so uh, yeah, I, I'm curious. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of things I missed in the codec because it's not very obvious when you can call someone like when someone calls you there's a little thing that says call and then you can answer it but i found times you could actually call people and they give you hints on various things i feel like there wasn't enough of that because there were times yeah. i would 
like I, I accidentally clicked through the text too quickly and I want to, you know, call big boss back to see what he says or, yeah. oh my gosh, I didn't write down that frequency. Well, now I'm never going to know what it was. <laughs> yeah. but, well, oh, I found that you had the internet to tell you, right? Yeah, l- luckily, or I don't know if the instruction manual originally had that, but the... I don't think so. I feel like there were also a few rooms in the game that someone would call you and you'd pick up the transceiver and it didn't just yes. didn't do anything it just didn't yes anything. i was actually just going to comment on that one of the trucks brings you outside of a uh a building and it says call 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 and you you uh you pick up and nothing happens i wonder what that's about hmm i wonder if someone's jamming your communications mm. i don't know maybe we'll find out later there's also that uh, so we've picked- delightful noise you hear, whatever the codec calls over, that rising and falling tone that sounds like a police siren or something. <laughs> yeah, kind of like a sine wave, right? That's going up and down. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. why I always imagined. It, it, so we've when it first went off, lines. I thought like I thought like an air raid siren or like some alarm went <laughs> off at the base, and I closed it, and I was like, oh my god, where are they coming from? <laughs> We've picked up a couple items here that are w- worth talking about. And, you know, again, there's so many things to find in this game. It's so many doors and so many key cards that you have to go and then pick up and then go back to these doors. So it's a real great sense of progression, which is really why I love this game. But we picked up a cardboard box. I didn't use it too often. But, yeah, you can definitely use that to um, kind of sneak around just like, you know, the traditional metal gear games we got ourselves a silencer a grenade launcher and a, a pistol and what's really cool about that silencer and pistol combo is that allows us to now kill enemies at range without being detected or heard so we can kind of sh- go around and shoot baddies now that's really fulfilling and you folks may have found all these items in different orders so i'm curious uh did you guys remember like the general like did you find yourself that handgun with no silencer f- or did you find yourself the silencer first? The handgun was the first one that I found, and um, I was using that without a silencer for a while. Yeah. Um, e- even alerting the guards with that, I noticed that, because um, if you don't have the silencer, you shoot at a guard, it's going to alert, alert the other guards nearby. Uh, but if you kill the guards fast enough, then uh, no more will come in. So you just had to m- make sure you could just go, blap, blap. <laughs> But, yeah, and, and usually when you alert guards, like four will come running in. Mm-hmm. And if you kill all four of those, I think that kind of de-escalates the alarm. Mm-hmm. I did notice that the, the handgun was probably probably one of the most useful items in the entire game. Because, mm-hmm. because while there was just this whole library of items, so many of them are like one-time use. Or they, they're only used in this one screen. Yep. Yeah, and, and here's a really great example is these laser... Tri- the, there's a bunch of these... Uh, they look like almost electrical grids with, uh, like, transistor or um, whatever it's called. Anyway. They, they, they look kind they of have like lasers. servers. Yes, yeah. And they have lasers and they're invisible. And I could have sworn that as a kid, if you use the cigarettes in that area, it would make those lasers appear, but it would start draining life. Because one of the items you get in the game... Or cigarettes, which really do nothing. So, but in this version of the game, that didn't work. So I looked it up, and apparently later versions uh, allowed for that. So I don't know if you guys tried that at all. I did definitely, I did, since I remember not. that worked in uh, Metal Gear Solid. Uh, okay. so I, did that work for you, Shane? It did not, no. Okay, that's weird. All right, well, later on we'll find some infrared goggles, and the only use of that, as far as I know, is to see those laser grids, but... 
you know, it's pretty easy. Even if you trip one of the laser grids, a bunch of enemies come out really easy to kill them, just like Almaxia said. It's no different than if uh, a guard were to see you. Same exact thing. So yeah, the, even tripping the laser grids at some point were just, ah, whatever, I'll just run through them. Yeah, just run to the next screen and everything kind of resets there, right? The the alert doesn't transfer from screen to screen. Mm -hmm. Which I, I feel like that's something that's worth calling out in the early game is there is quite a quite a, a few screens where you alert the enemy and you just have to run from them just <laughs> run to the next yeah. screen and uh, some of them the enemies would I, I mean you just walk into the room and bam they see you and mm -hmm. uh the one i remember in building one there's like two guys in in one like thin corridor you have no weapons so i just kept i was sitting there thinking how do i beat them how do i get past them Oh, I just run. <laughs> yeah. 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 Especially if you're a prisoner and you have no weapons. Uh, we just got captured. Shane, I'm curious. There's two ways to get to this area. Did you go get captured or did you get here um, the other way, which is unlocking the doors? I definitely got captured because if there is any All way right, to cool. accomplish a thing in a game by blundering into it, I will find it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So walk me through, like, you go and get captured, and, and why do you get captured, and what happens next? So the problem is you've, you've been told by one of the POWs that you found that you need to find this guy named Gray Fox, and he's in a hidden cell somewhere, and the best way to get to the hidden cell is to get captured on purpose, is I believe the line in the game. Yeah. Uh, so you go into a truck at one point, and you get uh, cornered by a guard, and then you wake up in a cell. And then from there, you have to find the secret exit to the cell. Uh, you find this POW that we're seeing on the screen right now, who explains a lot about what you're supposed to do next. Yeah, Dr. Petrovich, who's played Metal Gear Solid 3, because he is a big uh, person uh, in, in uh, MGS3. So uh, it was good to see him. And then uh, how many people, raise a hand, how many people like punched every single wall after they realized that you could punch walls and there were secrets <laughs> there? Anyone? Absolutely. I kept looking, wondering yeah. if there was going to be more secrets somewhere. I was a little disappointed. I There's did a couple. For, I did that for a little while. Like any, any equipment room I went into that kind of yeah. looked like that jail cell. I just, you know, yeah. did a couple punches on each side of the wall just to, just to see if I bounced off it. Uh-huh. Yeah, there'd be a couple there. Uh, did anyone peep? So we're fighting a boss, and we'll get to that in a second. But did anyone peep that item that they gave me in my inventory after you get captured? I did. Mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. It has a transmitter. We'll talk about that in a sec. But uh, Al Maxi, you want to walk us through <laughs> this guy? You go into this room. He's like, "Hey, I'm Machine Gun Kid." <laughs> uh, well, Machine Gun Kid, I hid in the lower right corner and became Nikita Missile Kid. Uh, <laughs> okay, so just. Shooting the key to missile around the corner, aim it at him. I think it took like four or five to to blow him up. And I, mm. I, th I think I did that for most of the bosses. I just hit around a corner and shot missiles at him. Okay. Uh, Shane, what was your strategy on the kid here? Oh, it was the exact same thing. I tried to do, I, I tried to do something much more exciting the first several times. It wasn't working at all. And then I'm, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I have Nikitas. And that worked a lot better than there anything else I tried. Love it. So uh, after that, we picked up uh, some armor, which is going to make our defense a lot better. Uh, of course, we have to equip the armor. And then we got, here's something that's really weird. It's called a bomb blast suit. But the whole purpose of it is at the, at the rooftop of building number one, there's like some sort of gust of wind that pushes you back, right? So you have to wear the bomb blast suit to 
to get past that. I don't know. That's so, so the bomb blast dude is supposed to weigh a whole just lot. weigh a lot. Yeah, ah, just okay. weigh a lot. But it's like this one line. It's like this wind barrier that only appears one one spot in the game, and you only yeah. have to use the bomb blast suit going onto just, the rooftop. Yeah. When you're coming back out, you you just walk back through it. Yeah. And we also got a uniform, and that's again that is only useful in one screen, as I, as I understand. You can't just wear that uniform and walk past guards, and it doesn't actually change your look. So, oh, I tried kind of weird uniform more. Um, you're right, it guards saw right through that, except for the yeah. dumb ones. <laughs> They're really the ones that guards. fell asleep. I mean, feel sorry, feel asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm I'm going through the game now and I have this transmitter on me and of course I don't realize I have it, right? And as I go into rooms, people just start being alerted to me immediately. And I was like, what the heck is going on here? Like I got captured and so like maybe they're like, oh, be on the lookout for solid snake now. But um it took me a while to figure out uh, about this transmitter. But uh, I did go up to the ceiling or the rooftop here and there's like these really cool bridges that are moving back and forth, sort of like a snake pattern. You have to you have to uh, traverse that without falling down. Anyone fall down there? I did once. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I like that you fall into like one of the rooms and building one that has a big tank. So that was kind of cool to see just that, you know, you get the sense of actual physicality in the level construction here when you fall in that situation you're like oh okay i see where i was in relation to the world it's just another nice little touch where they could have easily just had that be a pit and then you die but instead they added that connection yeah 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 i I didn't uh, i didn't know that one i i just saw the bridges and navigated across so (laughs) that's pretty cool sometimes being bad is more interesting alamaxi you get to see more of the game so uh (laughs) So we, we've been picking up a couple of prisoners here. Shane, do you want to walk me through, uh, you know, picking up the prisoners and what some of the things you get for rescuing prisoners are? Well, of course, the big thing is every single prisoner without fail says, phew, that was close. Which, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's, that's what I think when I'm rescued from a POW camp. Um, I, I think, yeah, I, I, can, I can agree with that sentiment. <laughs> and then after that, a lot of them will give... Uh, uh, Basically, a little bit of direction about where you're supposed to go next. Um, Talking about where things you need to find are. Talking about general directions you need to be going in as well. Uh, Sometimes even hinting at uh, frequencies you need to use in the radio. And what I'm curious about is if those, the dialogue that you get, the hints, if those are on specific or if they're like every, you know, every second one or every third one, you get a bit of hints there so i'm not sure how that works um because there's some that you might not get to and you don't need to rescue all of the prisoners but um it, after you rescue i think it's like maybe every five you get a rank a star rank and so we're currently ranked two and that is useful because it allows you to have more life it has allows you to carry more ammo and most importantly diane will talk to you i think it's diane will talk to you later on if you have enough class is what they call it. Mm-hmm. And so there's four ranks total. And I believe you can actually derank. Did anyone get deranked? I did one time and <laughs> nice. I, uh, I reloaded that state to not have that. <laughs> um, 
But what did uh, you do to get deranked? Did you kill a prisoner? Yeah, there is a there is a prisoner in a certain situation that. Um, okay, it's the yeah, it's one of the boss fights, right? Yes. Okay. I, uh, yeah, we'll, I was we'll just definitely like, get there. I'm just like maybe let's see if my submachine gun actually becomes useful here. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> That's the opposite of being useful. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> use a submachine gun either. Well, we are using the enemy uniform we got. Is this building number three, Alamax? Number two. Number two. Okay, so building number two, you get a little call from Big Boss. He says, hey, uh, use the uniform. And uh, you put the uniform on, and and the guys will say, like, hey, everyone, let's go inside. That's cool. So that, that door is locked on you using a uniform as opposed to actually having a key. Kind of interesting. It's, but uh something i really appreciated oh, here it. was how many like obviously i would have liked to see some of these mechanics expanded but the idea mm-hmm. of a uh, game that uh, was it had such limited storage on the cartridge doing all these yeah. things that you only do like once or twice these little tricks yeah. these little knacks these little gadgets i thought was really neat and just made the scope of this game feel enormous you really get the feel yeah. that they had way more that they had way more in mind that they were able to do with this. Yeah, absolutely. And in some ways it kind of makes you feel like a special agent or, uh, um, like you have just like, you imagine like I have a little lipstick thing and it's a one-time use or just like a single shot gun, a lot of like little spy gadgets here. Now I just wanted to make a correction here. Uh, I misnamed the first boss. It was shot maker, AKA shoot gunner. Uh, wow. the second boss is machine gunkin. So that's my bad. I, I, I was incorrect there, but we did, we did kill the actual machine gun kid and that one's pretty easy. He's just got, um, um, almost like a, a supermarket. Like he's standing on one side of the supermarket and there's like aisles and he just kind of like goes between those aisles and shoots. Um, so I think I just use a handgun there and, and but it sounds like you guys use a Nikita missile launcher. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yep. Hide behind the the crates. Yeah. Use missile. I think I didn't use it very often because getting more ammo for that was kind of a pain. You had to go to a specific room and pick that up. But uh, one of the things that was great is you can just keep going in and out of rooms. So that's how I'd stock up on rations and be like, all right, found a ration. Just leave that room and re-enter about 20 times and pick up all the rations. So... Uh, you could very easily stock up on items that you needed. If you find one ration, you find all the rations. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> all right. We are now at the third boss fight. Let me see if I can get the name here. But Shane, can you uh, can you walk us through this? This is Twin Shot. Uh, so this one is one of the ones that actually gave me a lot of trouble because I didn't initially realize there was a spot over on the right that was a little bit safe. Yeah. So you've got... Yeah, it's on the rooftop, right? Right, right. So you've got two uh, bosses, actually, which uh, I think they're on, like, turret, like, mounted guns, as far as I can tell. And they're at the top of the screen, and they're firing in uh, sweeping back and forth at the bottom. And the the sweeping pattern kind of overlaps, which is what threw me off, is Mm, for a very long time I was trying to just duck and weave through their shots, which is really tough to do. (laughs) Don't do that. Just stand off to the side (laughs) with a grenade launcher and lob it over. So don't, do, don't do that just equip your key card and run through the door behind them <laughs> oh you can do that i thought yes. i touched them and i died okay I ended up doing that. I, there yeah. you go I, I i i was throwing like grenades at them and i was like i don't i don't think this is doing anything let me just equip a key card and, ah! run through and 
Yeah, I nice. got, got through. So I actually, I never actually beat them. <laughs> you never kill them. No. Nope. That's one of the things that's kind of a pain on all the bosses here. It's really hard to tell if you're actually doing any damage against them. Because, you know, it, they, they don't, there's no sound. There's no, like, blinking red. There's just nothing. So and they'll every, just disappear everything else in them. the game takes, like, one hit to kill from any yeah. of your weapons. So you didn't even know how many times, once you did find the right weapon, you're like, heck i hope i have enough of the right ammo <laughs> exactly i can come and furthermore if you if you uh if you go to your inventory it like resets the screen so if you swap to a new ammo if you happen to be doing any damage it would get reset so that's kind of a pain uh, that happens with the at least the tank fight a little bit longer mm -hmm. i um so yeah oh go for it i can confidently say there are a couple bosses in this game that you probably don't have to beat because uh, I also went past yeah. uh, Machine Gun Kid the first time I saw him. Yeah, okay. Because I was having trouble fighting him, and I discovered, oh, I can just use the key card to go through this door. And I, I went <laughs> back and beat him later, yeah. but I wasn't sure if I needed to afterwards, because I don't <laughs> I think he drops think so. any items or anything. Yeah, same thing with the tank. You can actually get past that. I think it might be a bug, but uh, we'll talk about that in a second. So let's go back to Twin Shot right here, because there's a bunch of story stuff that happened. So... Again, twin shots on the rooftop. We went there because we were told Dr. Petrovich was on the rooftop. You get there, his cell is empty. Oh, okay. So you go to the next cell and you find another uh, POW. And he tells you that Petrovich has been moved to building, I think, five. Mm -hmm. And um, so you you're go... Uh, we now have enough keep cards to go back to building two... And here's the a really cool item. It's the antenna. And so once you pick up the antenna, you'll get a call. And Big Boss says, hey, that antenna was jamming our communications. And once you get that antenna, now you can go back to, I think it might be building five. And that was the one where it, would, it was doing call. But when you'd, oh. when you'd actually call, um, you'd pick up, no one would be there. But now you can use that antenna to boost the signal and what he tells you there big boss tells you get in the the rightmost truck which is a worthless hint so it doesn't really ch help you out any but yeah so the antenna is going to help you on a couple situations where there uh, you can't get the reception so kind of cool i thought it was just in that building where you found the antenna i didn't realize it was for the uh the rest of it that's really cool yeah i, th I think that's how it works maybe there was some other story thing i i did that triggered that but um, in any case we are on the rooftops of the building and then uh somewhere between there before and now i've thrown away the transceiver or transmitter so again i was talking about how enemies were being alerted to my screen or uh, being alerted when i go to the screen uh, if you just go to your inventory and click on the transmitter you'll throw it away how long did it take you guys to figure out to throw that thing away it was probably about the same time as you, which was quite some okay. time. <laughs> but Alamaxia, when I picked up all my items, I just went in my inventory to make sure it was all there. I saw that and I was like, "What's this?" <laughs> Click. Oh, uh, because you wanted to like equip it or something, and then yeah, it, just it, it away. Yeah, yeah, it was right next to my rations, and I was yeah, I was like, "Well, go to this, click it to to equip it," and it's like just disappeared. And I was like, "Wait, wait, what?" <laughs> Yes, and, and now and you know th what that's th about. Th then it sunk in. That was the bomb that they put plant in your inventory. Yes, yes. I was just gonna say there's an analog in MGS. I wonder if you caught that. So so cool, man. I love it. 
I'm so jealous but, that you like found that immediately earlier. and weren't being chased all the mm, time. Yeah. <laughs> I liked Wiz's idea, though, that you were just a prisoner and the place is on high alert and I saw you just kind of running through everything and dodging. That was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, things are... <sighs> B- big boss is is the the person that's kind of giving us hints right and as we are exploring occasionally he'll call and big boss will be like oh hey snake i forgot to tell you uh there is poison gas in the compound or snake i forgot to tell you the floor is electrified but big boss is is um he's gonna start getting some some uh interesting hints here and so we'll call those out as we see them but um it's starting to allude that Big Boss may not be all he's cracked up to be. And I think later on we get a transmitter, which is really funny. It's like, Snake, Snake, I got to tell you something. Are you ready for this? The the leader of the rebellion is... Ah! And he dies, so... <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea there. Um, that someone kills him, like, right as he's trying to say, uh, say his piece there. The moment of highest drama possible. <laughs> right all right we just got a tip that arnold can be killed with a ro- rocket launcher and uh dr v- petrovich has been moved to building number two so that's awesome and then just as a reminder arnold is a boss fight and there is uh it's kind of like two arnolds i don't know how that works but basically there's an arnold at the top and the arnold at the bottom i'm curious and there's a bunch of doors you can go to so you don't have to fight Arnold to go through the doors. You eventually do need to kill Arnold. But uh, Shane, I'm curious, how long did you try to kill Arnold uh, before you just like gave up and you're like, I'm not going to worry about him for now? Well, I'm not going to say it's an embarrassingly long time, but it was. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but as I said before, I'd, I'd skipped at least one boss before with Machine Gun Kid. So uh, after a while, I got a little bit fed up and I just went, well, there's all these doors here. I may as well start trying the doors. So, yeah, try it out. Yeah, the one thing led to another, and that's how eventually I was able to make it until I found oh, rockets! Right, right. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay, I... so we are now in the dam, uh, Alamaxi. You said that no problem can be solved without enough rations. What sort of problems were you thinking about? Um. Well, anything that just you know, as you're in something, you just take damage. So. <laughs> You know, gas rooms, electric floors, drowning in a small indoor <laughs> pool. Hey, you know what? Uh, I, I got nothing. I don't know how eating food <laughs> allows you to stay underwater, but I'm glad that it does because that allows you to, I guess you could kind of call it a sequence break a little bit. Yeah. The- uh, it doesn't give me that much, but... I, I I feel like there's a couple times in the game that you could sequence break. Like I I don't think that the gas mask is really necessary. I don't think that you really have yeah. to have to wait to get your Nikita missile launcher to do uh, some of the electric floors. You just yeah eat, eat enough rations and all your problems will go away. Yeah yeah and, and in fact there's a a place later on where you have to just walk on the electrified floor there. So, uh, yeah, there is scuba gear later on. And again, scuba gear is really only used in one location, which is that lock. There's a, uh, a lock that connects two compounds together, I believe, or, or something like that. And, um, but I, I went up there. You can, you can go up there by just, you know, chugging a bunch of rations. But as I got up there, I realized I didn't have the key card. So I kind of came back 
And uh, I'm, I'm going to go find Dr. Petrovich. Are you guys ready for this? So we're, we're walking into the room with Dr. Petrovich. Whew, that's, that's been a... And what happens? Who here got outfoxed? Oh, yes. So um, Alamaxia, what, 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 what the heck the, is going on here? Y- y- you walk in and he's, you know, just... There's a whole bunch of crates around and she's like, oh my God, you're here. And then you walk in, and the floor disappears. And um, apparently, if Snake's head is uh, yeah. in the same tile as uh, a floor that's not there, um, you just die. And sometimes, or if you reload the screen and the visuals don't update, but the collision is still there, you will yes. still die. <laughs> yes, that was yeah. That's that's sad. That was that was rough, especially later on in one of the buildings we go in. Um, floor the the floors made the game very trial and error mm, in, in yeah. that regard yeah i appreciate that they right, gave uh, dr petrovich his own uh sprite though to make yes, him feel like yeah. A, yeah. A, and his and his imposter right you make him feel like he's actually this is the special guy you've been trying to find all game which is cool yeah now we're fighting the boss i thought this was arnold when we got clues that you had to kill arnold i was like oh arnold the tank obviously but um arnold is not the tank but we just killed the tank Shane, did you kill the tank or did you just walk by it? I, I wasn't even aware that you could walk by it when I first did it. So, uh, no, I did. I did kill the tank. All right. How'd you do that? Um, I think I did what you were doing here, which was use uh, mines. Just lay down mines on yep. the ground and uh, let it run over it, which yep. is tricky because it is use... sweeping fire back and forth the whole time. Yeah. But... I think it has a cannon, too. It shoots out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's... uh. It, that was one of the harder bosses for me, I think, but uh, very satisfying to actually yeah. finish. So that's a boss that if you go to your menu, will actually reset. And so here's why I think you can you can go you can run by the tank is I think that the collision doesn't activate the kill collision doesn't activate it on the tank until it's like fully on the screen. I think so. What you can do is you can run up close to the tank and then go to your menu, exit the menu, and if you're skirt along the sides, you can walk past before the collision loads. So uh. it's something like that. So it allows you to get by there. It's uh, kind of cool. But yeah, um, yeah you got to use like 14 mines. And if you go to your you know, go to your inventory, the fight will reset. And you're like, oh, I have to go get those mines again. The, the mob manipulation through the menus was very interesting and i'll be honest i didn't notice that until the like i I didn't notice that was the thing that was triggering it until the last boss i I just thought it was you know something glitching out in the game like oh maybe maybe i just did something you know weird or the game's just you know because i can already see that they had some translation issues maybe they had some coding issues as well (laughs) okay sure yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) alamaxia we just are fighting coward duck here why don't you walk us through your heroic fight strategy here all right, so you charge in, and you see this guy standing behind um, a few prisoners, and I, I didn't notice that he wasn't a prisoner at first. I thought they were all tied up. So I was like, mm. oh, they must all be bad. <laughs> machine gun all of them. And uh, the game didn't really like that too much. Uh, yeah. I quickly died, and reali- and that's where I lost that rank. Um, yeah. I, I just blapped all these prisoners, and when I hit continue, I kept that lost or i did i did not get that lost star back so so once you kill one you you kind of have that stuck with you for the rest of the game 
which <laughs> that haunt we, we didn't talk about this the continue system in this how uh, when you die in this game, you don't lose everything, and there are there are very few um, checkpoints where it actually respawns you. Like the you almost all you respawn in like the jungle for the first like building and a half. I feel like, but yep. when you respawn, you keep everything that you had, which made this game feel like a roguelite. A little bit, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, because I so the, with those uh, opening floors, the the pits that was trial and error that that was the mm -hmm. oh i made it an extra room and i died let me try to get to the next one next time <laughs> so we we killed coward duck he actually drops a key card we also rushed through and killed arnold he required a rocket launcher and in order to get the rocket launcher this is the first thing i had to look up in the game uh you have to call jennifer uh i think it's jennifer or diane I, I can't remember which one. I think anyway, one of those. Call. Okay. Jennifer. And by the way, uh, Coward Duck has captured Jennifer's brother. And I think maybe if you kill the brother, she won't help you or something like that. That's what she uh, says. I'm a little fuzzy least, yeah. on those details. Yeah, that's what she says. Uh, did anyone get stuck getting the rocket launcher? Or did you guys know how to to get that? I went through the Arnold room, going through every door in there, looking for anything that would help me for a good hour. Yeah. And I I did eventually have to look it up. Um, and I, I was right outside the, the room that I needed needed to go in. I was like, what the heck do I do? I, I don't know. So I, I was like, oh, you just you know call Jennifer. And she drops off uh, some rockets into a room. It, she just, you know, put some rockets into the middle of a heavily guarded compound in a very specific mm -hmm. room. And she, she, yeah, yeah. I mean, very talented. She's a secret agent just like you, man. Yeah. I mean, who needs snake when you can just throw rockets into a room? <laughs> Only she could have just solved this whole thing on her own, you know? Uh-huh. Shane, did you did you figure it out? I think I got lucky in that I was partially in a Metal Gear Solid kind of mindset where every time I get stuck, uh, I was like, let's try all the codec frequencies. Okay. Because uh, you have to do it in a specific room, mm -hmm. right? So you can't, yeah, so you have to call outside the door and then she'll drop off stuff. And I think there's one other area that that happens. I can't remember which item it is, though. The compass. Uh, the compass, yeah, that's right. Which you actually don't need the compass or the antidote to finish there. Uh it's, so, it's helpful right, so, just for getting through areas quicker. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. We are now in... Does anyone know what building we're in? Is this like three or four? I think this is building number four. I, I think it's it's either three or four, but they're connected, so sometimes it's hard for me to remember like where they are. But yeah, three. this was where... This is uh, building three. This is three, okay. And this is where a big boss says, hey, go into the room to the left of you, and you go in there and it's filled with gas. And you're like, what the heck's that all about, right? But here's what I like about that is this room is filled with gas, is connect is not connected, but there's like a, a divider, and then the room over is also filled with gas. So it's like you can't immediately get to that other room. Um, but I think that that's a little bit of a clue that those rooms may be connected somehow. And sure enough, if you punch the northernmost wall there is a secret passage which will connect to building number four. And again, buildings three and four are actually connected there. So 
Uh, I don't know if you guys picked up on that, but I was like, maybe that's a clue because you, you might be able to get there and be like, well, why the heck is there gas on this side of the room too? Hmm. Oh, maybe there's a secret way to get over there or something. Yeah, I, I kind of hmm. made that connection seeing all the gas there and I'm, I'm really glad yeah, the game had cool. showed you before that you can find secret walls in that way. That was a, yep. a good way of bringing that back, I think. Whenever I saw that there was um, really no way to get to the other side, I did just start punching every wall okay. until finally it went bloop. Because you, yeah. you didn't have to get right on the door to to, fight, to yeah. figure out there was one there. There's a bit of buffer room on each side where a snake would hit the wall and you'd bounce off of it. Yeah. And now one of the items we picked up was an iron glove. And I couldn't figure out if you actually need the iron glove to punch through walls or you can do it just with your fist. Did anyone get a sense one way or the other? I mean, you're able to get out of your prison cell when you're captured without yeah, the iron see, that's glove. Yeah, see, that's the thing. That might be the only thing that you can punch without the iron glove. So I, I should look that up a little bit more there. But yeah, um, the iron glove is just like uh, you don't actually have to wear it as far as I can tell, to punch through walls. You just have to have it in your inventory. For a little bit, I thought so, that it would just make your melee uh, stronger, so I would, like, try to punch oh, bosses yeah. for a little bit. No, didn't, didn't okay. help. <laughs> hey, um... So we're talking to Schneider here. What's really funny is Schneider's telling us uh, that there's a gas-filled room up to the north here, but if anyone remembered about five minutes ago, Schneider apparently got killed. So uh, I found that kind of interesting. Uh, he, he was one that basically said, hey, the, the leader of this terrorist organization is, uh, so maybe he just got captured and got away or who knows what's going on. there. He's had a little bit of a stomach ache, need to take a break. Oh, <laughs> that's true. Actually, that, that, that is a very Kojima thing to have in the game, right? <laughs> It really is. A little bit of Johnny Sasaki right there. Exactly. And in the spirit of, uh, you know, spilling, having a, a big monologue, we just got one about a couple minutes ago where we actually found out that Big Boss is actually the leader. And so, and one of the POWs told us that. And then furthermore, when you are you're like advancing on the 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 big supercomputer big boss calls you he's like hey the inter you know the mission's done good job go home everything's solved here <laughs> everything's good don't worry about it um so yeah it's kind of cool like uh that this uh, individual is turned from um kind of helping you to uh, misleading you here and again that's something that is so a series mainstay with Metal Gear's games, right? Is that like, oh, is, are there people being double agents here? Like, who are my real allies? So it, yeah, I love it. It was the same exact reveal that they did in Metal Gear Solid for PlayStation. I mean, mm. same. Yeah, you're talking about the Liquid Snake, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, here's this guy, and then all of a sudden, I'm actually a different guy. <laughs> you just got to, like, you know, fluff your hair out, and, and then now, oh, okay, now yeah, take off the glasses, and now it's a different person. In a lot it's of ways, you can probably right. draw the comparison between like Evil Dead One and Two in the sense that this the Metal Gear mm. Solid is a sequel, but also in a lot of ways it's a remake in the sense that it uh, yeah. rehashes a lot of the old themes in a, a better mm. medium. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, 
Well, Shane, uh, it's time to get our flashlight out. We got, we just got that, and uh, you want to walk us through uh, this little area here. Uh, so you get into a room, and it's just a completely black screen. And uh, initially, I had no idea what was going on, but I was thinking, oh, this is going to be where I need a flashlight or something, right? Uh, eventually, you do get the flashlight, and that allows you to see in the room, but then there's still a bunch of pits that open up in there as well. Uh, and, uh, initially I thought you had to route around the pits, which is confusing because the pits take up so much of the screen. It yeah. turns out some of them you have to just outrun as they're opening, which mm -hmm. is uh, very tricky. You don't have a big window to outrun those things, do you? You kind of have to know where they're going to spawn. Now, again, you don't have to do this. There are other ways, uh, connecting buildings three and four. Um, but, and also you don't need the flashlight to to be able to do this as long as you know exactly where to stand and how to move around you could probably go through this without a flashlight so i i, I bet speedrunners, uh, well they probably sequence break and don't have to worry about all this but you know you could imagine speedrunners going through here with um with no flashlight and that would be kind of impressive mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i've seen enough speedrunners do link to the past uh dark rooms with no with uh no lamp this one uh yeah it shouldn't be too bad yeah yeah, so, uh, again, one of the things that's difficult is a little tricky to figure out where the hitboxes are on Snake and the pit there, and so sometimes, you know, you're not sure how close you can get, but uh, as you're walking around this area, I'm doing this little dance, like a little bit forward, a little bit back, because I don't know where the pits are going to be, so I'm always expecting, you know, dip my, fo uh, my toe out there and, and see if... Um, there's a pit that spawns and then run away real quick if uh, if it does. There's a few areas so, and a few mechanics in the game that definitely feel like trial and error is about the best way to get through it. And uh, the giant opening pits is one of them. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I did notice yeah, that the all of the points... pits were the same size. So yeah. it, it was easy to be like, okay, I'm in a safe area because the floor isn't big enough for, for a pit to open. <laughs> <laughs> a little metagaming there. Now, the checkpoints usually are, are within, like, you know, it doesn't take too long to get back to where you are, you know, maybe two or three minutes tops here. One of the interesting things about where we spawned, which was near one of the buildings, is to get to the building we are in, we have to go through this, it's a maze of sorts, right? And the way you go through the maze it's one of those where there's like six different paths and you have to go through the sequence of paths so if you remember zelda it's like what up left left down and then that brings you to a new area like the lost um, so woods. there's yeah the lost woods exactly and there's a there's a couple areas there's two areas where you have to go through a particular sequence and i don't think there's there's a way to figure out that sequence other than trial and error did anyone figure out how to how to determine which sequence of routes to go? No. I uh, I looked it up. <laughs> looked it up. Shane, did you look it up also? I did. I did. Okay. Good call. Good call. Yeah, All right. So who wants to walk through? Out. Nothing. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure if there was a uh, like a codec call or something. I'm glad to hear that wasn't just me. <laughs> <laughs> who wants to walk us through Fire Trooper? I think you go in the room and they say, "I am Fire Trooper." <laughs> Which is okay, amazing right. little boss call out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, well, Shane, why don't you walk us through Fire Trooper? Uh, so he sits at the top of the screen in a little alcove by the door, and he's got this column of fire, like a, just a bunch of fireballs connected in a line, and they sweep back and forth, and that's pretty much his only attack. 
Yeah. And so uh, I, I decided not to wreck a good thing, and I just used Nikita's on him once again. And that was pretty easy. <laughs> okay. It'll it'll blow up uh, projectiles that are coming at, but if you time it, yeah, I could see that you could weave it in the sneak it in from it, the side, around yeah. that fire thing there. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah, and then you go and see. Uh, so just north of Fire Trooper is Doc, the real Doctor Petrovich, and he basically says, "Yeah, man, I can't help you unless you get my daughter." Uh, and she's 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 somewhere. She's in a hidden cell somewhere. So back to punching walls, right? <laughs> I only found his daughter before him. Oh, really? really? Okay. Yeah i I didn't punch enough walls in that area. I I punched one wall, and I was like, "Oh, it gets me over to here." And I think there was like maybe a key card or some item over there. I was like, "Oh, maybe this is what I needed to go get." And you know, leave the building and go explore. Found his daughter, and she's like, "Go find, go find my dad." And I'm like, Wait, "Okay, I where is he?" <laughs> so i had to remember building five and and the buildings aren't clearly labeled so you have to like yeah, think not. back well what's actually building five i don't, I don't mm-hmm. know i kind of so love just... how much of this game you can just do out of order yeah like that. yeah it, one of the, the things that happened after so... i finished playing this game is i looked up a walkthrough of it and i'm reading through it i'm like this is madness this wasn't what my my playthrough <laughs> looked like at all no you're going the wrong way idiot no that's not what you do at all there was such right, so... this interweaving of areas that it was easy to get lost but at the same time you knew exactly where you were most of the time it's like, yeah. I, i've been in this room i've been in this area i just don't know how to get back over to this other room Mm-hmm. We just killed, or not killed, jeez, no. We just went back to Dr. Petrovich, which, by the way, we rescued him, then his daughter, and then we went back to Dr. Petrovich, and someone tied him up again. So it's good, you know. So we just untied him again, and he's like, all right, cool. Um, go to the supercomputer. Oh, he's, he's also like, hey, it's my bad. I, I was forced to make this Metal Gear. Um, you got to go kill a supercomputer. You got to put 16 explosives, plastic explosives on the supercomputer. Blow that up. And now you can move in to kill the final boss, big boss. Who wants a crack at uh, on this fight? I threw every single piece of ammunition I had at him until I got to the rockets. I mm. went through all of my grenades, all of my pistol, everything. Um, but he just would not take damage. And he yeah. runs away from you. He is a slippery guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, grenades I thought was going to be the easy win because the way the room is structured, there's six crates, and so you can actually line them up so you're on one side of the crate and big boss is on the other, and you can just chuck grenades over that. So I'm like, oh, this is easy. But yeah, it doesn't take any damage. Shane, how about you? How did you do against big boss? I, I struggled. We talked before about how it's difficult to tell if the bosses are taking any damage, and I feel like this yeah. is the prime example of it is I just kept throwing all my ammo at it, and I'm going, is this even hitting him? Are these hits even landing? Mm-hmm. Um, Meanwhile, you got a countdown timer, and you, you so, and that's going pretty quickly. It's like It looks like you might have, I don't know, five minutes to kill Big Boss and escape. It's not much, that's for so, sure. It doesn't feel like much. Yeah. But yeah, ultimately, yeah. the rocket launcher is your friend here, and uh, once I swap over there, it's just a couple shots there, and I managed to to kill him he does shoot a handgun at you but you know at this point you're wearing body armor your life bar looks like a dark souls game and you are you've got like 20 rations so really death isn't 
something that's it's really going to happen through someone shooting you. I was surprised how many one-hit mechanics there were for p- parts of the game that seemed rather trivial, and then the things that are supposed <laughs> to be difficult and hard, like, oh, this boss is blocking yeah. your way. Here, let me just shoot this pea shooter at you, and you can just heal it with a ration. <laughs> and then after you kill him, there are three exits you can go to. I picked the left because there was an NPC that said, hey, on your escape, go to the left elevator. Did anyone else not go to the left elevator? Nope. I went to the left elevator because okay. I talked to the same NPC. Yeah. Yeah, I got that Shane, one. did you pick left? Okay. I did, I'm thankfully. really curious. I'm, I'm curious what happens if you go to the middle or the right one. Uh, if it's just it, you die or it's just an infinite elevator or whatever. Just what, But that's it. One of those classic elevators that just goes into a brick wall. <laughs> mm. <laughs> There's no Metal Gear in the game. This is the first one where, uh, obviously, it's the first Metal Gear game, but yeah, there's no Metal Gear that you fight here. I think it was that just was the, the result of the any of the uh, American version because I think in the uh, original uh, one that you said was for uh, MS DOS, they had Metal Gear. Oh, really? I, okay. When, when I was looking through, um, when I was looking through parts of the walkthrough, I saw that was a call out. Like, uh, like if I go to the changes from the original, there was you know supposed to be a Metal Gear in there. Oh, well, that's interesting. All right. I can appreciate. So uh, look out for Metal Gear uh, in the, what did you say, the DOS in the MSX version? Mm-hmm. Okay. If nothing else, I can kind of appreciate. doesn't counter a Metal Gear. It's stationary, but it's defending. It's defended by two wall-mounted laser systems. Snake must follow Dr. Oh, Petrovich's cool. precise instructions in order to destroy it. Um, but yeah, this one is, Dr. says, eh, just throw 14... Plastic explosives, <laughs> which plastic explosives, another thing that I never used until the one yeah. moment that I needed it. Y- yeah, exactly. And you need 16, right? You don't know more, no less. So if you didn't go pick those all up, then go, you got to go farm them. Mm-hmm. Now, did the, so, I wonder well, if the, did the supercomputer's health reset? I, I guess it would between leaving the screen and going so. back in. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there, there yeah. wouldn't have been anything kept in memory. I'm... <laughs> and, and when I first went there, I tried to blow it up, and I don't think... I think you have to actually have Dr. Petrovich tell you how to do it mm-hmm. before you can blow it up, because uh, I feel like I did a lot of damage to it, but it just didn't, didn't blow up, so... So many hidden flags. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think that's what makes this game special and was so enjoyable to play. I'd say this is this is this still held up a hundred percent for me. I was like addicted to this. I think I started it on a Friday and beat it by Sunday. I just I loved every minute of it. So uh, pick it up if you are really into best twenty games of all times. Is what I'd say. I did enjoy so, it, but best twenty. Uh, it hit all my right. It hit my right spots there i think that was it was way better than i expected it to be especially how it uh, started out because i like i was said earlier the first seven rooms i thought were the hardest because mm. i started playing this game and i just bashed my head against those seven rooms at least four different like separate times playing the game mm. and i was like i i just don't have the patience for this and, you know close it and go back to it another day and then once i got through the seven rooms and got the, and then got the pistol yeah it was you know just fly through the game and just experiencing mm-hmm. the whole thing altogether, seeing how it connects to Metal Gear Solid and how there's so many elements that are either similar or identical 
it was it was fun in that regard to just see the roots of the game yeah well uh shane what about you 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 have any last uh last thoughts on the game I think basically if you're a fan of game history, this is something you have to pick up just to see what was truly capable with the NES hardware. Um, mm-hmm. I, there's so much of this I was blown away that they were able to do with the, the, with the amount of memory they had available to them, with the, the knowledge they had of coding at the time. Just It's so expansive compared to what else was out there at the time, and I think if nothing else, it is worth a look for just that. And honestly, yeah. the the detail in some of the graphics in this. Now that I'm kind of stepping back and looking at it, it's it looks good. It looks a lot better than many NES games out there. Like they they have like <laughs> this looks so rusted good. door and and some and some bricks. It's like it just to me looks like they put a lot of work into the artwork of the world that you're in, and not so much the character that you're playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely phenomenal game. There's a couple spots where we got stuck, uh, but you know, a guide will help clear that up. Um, but yeah, it is super fun to go in blind and and kind of like learn how the mechanics of all these things work. So, well, folks, that's Metal Gear, and uh, of course, we had our our Patreon screen uh, uh, thanking all of our fabulous Patreon supporters. And we did get a new one this week, so thank you so much to Chris Stutzman for your support, the Saturday Morning Gaming Show. We have, check this out, we have uh, 15 current Patreon supporters, and if you remember, we have 25, at 25 we'll be covering Earthbound as our as a goal there. And here's what's cool, this was episode 40, so if you math it out, we get one Patreon supporter a month. We could be playing Earthbound for episode 50. That would be kind of a cool milestone. Nice, nice. So really cool. There you go. There's a little challenge for you folks there. If you would like to support us on Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Gaming Show to learn more. Or, you know, you can just go to SaturdayMorningGamingShow.com. It's got all of our links. It's got Discord. It's got our Patreon. It's got our episodes of not only Saturday Morning Gaming Show, but Retro Oddities, which uh, Shane and I play together. Shane, do you want to give us like a 30-second explanation of Retro Oddities? Well, whereas Saturday Morning Gaming Show takes the, the best and the best known of gaming, the Retro Oddities <laughs> takes some of the stuff you've probably never heard of, but maybe should have for curiosity, if nothing else, and uh, yeah. run it down a little bit more of a casual format. Yeah, yeah, just, you know, real fun. Uh, I like to call it, like, Saturday morning gaming after hours. So. I love it. A lot of weird games there, but uh, um, it's a fun time to kind of explore things that aren't, you know, like, critically acclaimed or tentpole releases there. Or you're in so, 64 games that took, like, two hours to beat that you never picked back up. <laughs> yeah, like, so what, any on your mind there, Alamaxia? mischief makers oh man i remember that that is a fever dream of a game because i played and beat it in like less than 24 hours and i never went back to play it again (laughs) all i remember is i was this weird like it kind of looked like this gundam anime girl and i would just shake these like balls that were hanging in the air that had faces on them that's all i remember okay but it i remember being i remember being a game that uh that had enough to it that kept, that kept me uh, interested. 
Very cool. Well, you know, Alamaxia, you're talking to N64 games, and you kind of like, I, for, I just want to play an N64 game now. Yeah, I mean, we were a lone wolf in this game, um, but yeah. I want to play a game where I, um, I'm a fox, and my teammates oh. are constantly harassing me and compla- complaining to me and forcing me to bail them out. Uh, what hmm. are we going to play? <laughs> hmm, I think... I think if I, you put those all together, I think that'd be Star Fox. Fox, get yeah, this maybe guy Star off Fox me. Sixty Four. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, um, that's gonna be that's gonna be great. I actually haven't played Star Fox on the Super Nintendo or Sixty Four, so I'm personally I'm gonna start on the Super Nintendo and then we'll do uh, Star Fox Sixty Four for the next game. So stay tuned for that. That's gonna be your april game now so do we want to cover I mean, any multiplayer of that because the multiplayer was um it wasn't super special but there were some fun mechanics in it i think it was it was one of the first multiplayer games i can remember that had uh 3d dogfighting like you're actual just in a 3d oh. space flying around trying to shoot each other with the r wings and it it really it really has some interesting things with that all right, well, well, let's talk about that offline and see if we want to get set up with that. And uh, maybe we'll have Lobos back, maybe not. Uh, he's I saw that he's having some difficulties in Elden Ring, you know, which scares me because I'm not as far as he is and not as good as he is. But I'm like, oh, gosh, what is what is in store for me here? So uh, we'll try to we'll see if we can coax him away from the game uh, for the April episode. Well, sadly, we have reached the end credits of this episode. We wanted to thank everyone for listening to us on the podcast or, uh, you know, watching us on YouTube. And like we said earlier, if you want to, you know, follow us on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast, just give us a like, give us a follow. Uh, or if you just want to listen to it in browser, just go to SaturdayMorningGamingShow.com and we have everything right there. Just listen to it right in, right in the browser. Yeah, and then after you're done listening to it, you know, why not drop a rating for us? Give us a uh, one, two, three, four, five star, uh, maybe even a six star if you can find that. So that would be that would be an honor to be the very first six star podcast out there. So let's make it happen there, folks. And, uh, you know, we wanted to give uh, one final special shout out to Technoax for much of the music on this episode. For Saturday Morning Gaming, I'm Malamaxia. I'm Shane's Games. And I'm the Fat Wizard. We'll see you in April with Star Fox 64 for the N64. This episode is sure to be solid as we snake our way through metal corridors and gear up to fight. I can't do this. (laughs) All right, let me try that again.